The following program is paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, sponsored by Gateway Mortgage Group. Now in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 17th show. Is that a holiday jingle bells that I hear? Happy holidays to all of my listeners. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I'll keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or to connect you with the guest I have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's one 411150 or online at themoneyr.com. And the lineup for the show today, Tyler McKenzie, broker owner, John L. Scott Real Estate, West Seattle. You can do it all, managing your business life and business schedule. Also in studio, I have Greg Nunn with Gregory S. Nunn & Company, year-end tax planning, almost as fun as Tyler's conversation, and last guest in studio. Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logic Sotheby's International Realty. We're going to talk on real estate in the Northwest, right here in Seattle, Washington. Great information, great guest in studio today. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 411150 or online at com. And let's start out today with a little money chat. Money. Money. Today, I wanted to talk about the Fed and the increase in the Fed funds rate by a quarter percent. The Fed's job is to manage inflation. The entire economy runs on debt and managing it is a balancing act. The Fed's decision is based on economic data and the reaction that the market has to their plan. So when releasing a statement of what they may do with the Fed's fund rate, the Fed will watch how the market reacts to to that statement. And if no major reaction in the market, they'll move forward. If the market reacts too strongly, major drop in the stock market, based on that reaction, they may adjust their plan or not move forward with it at all. So if we take a look at last year, every time the Fed mentioned increasing the Fed fund rate, the market reacted negatively negatively so that they so they pulled back this time as the buzz from the fed was released again to increase the fed fund rate the market had little reaction so they moved forward with the plan to increase the rate by a quarter percent and most likely will continue to do so uh, through 2017 now a perfect economy is when interest rates are high enough to maintain the value of money and keep investment accounts providing returns and this is what the balancing act is with the fed and what they're dealing with when the economy is stable the Fed will increase prime and inflation goes down. The value of money goes up and the cost of goods go down. When the economy is volatile, the Fed will decrease prime and inflation goes up. The value of money goes down and the cost of goods go up. So the Fed's plan in increasing the Fed funds rate this time around, three reasons. Managing inflation. When we have inflation, the cost of purchase of Ferrari would be maybe $3 million because the dollar is not worth anything. Pretty important to manage inflation. Two, increase the value of money. Improve our retirement accounts that took such a huge hit after the 2008 financial meltdown and to get them more productive. And third, to reestablish a safeguard for future 
downturn in the market. So it's guaranteed that we're going to have a downturn in the market, maybe another financial meltdown. And if prime's sitting at zero, there would be no ability to lower it to stimulate the economy. And that would be a disaster. So interest rates determine the value of money. And if you want to rent a car, a Toyota Corolla it might cost you 20 bucks a day, whereas a 500 series Mercedes might be $300 a day. So the Mercedes is more valuable. So the, it costs you more money to borrow that. So for the last several years, the U.S. dollar has been the Toyota with interest rates so low, it's been very cheap to borrow the money. This seems like a good idea, but it's not in the big picture. An ultra low prime sets the value of the dollar low, which hurts us in a couple ways. First, it hurts us with inflation. The lower the value of the dollar and the more the dollar it takes to purchase goods and services. So while our mortgages have been cheap, the cost of everything else is rising. The second way it hurts is our investments. The low risk of investments like our IRA and 401ks have seen smaller gains than what we would like with a healthier cost of money. So since the low prime hurts us, in ways that are ob- the obvious question would be, why would the Fed do this? Well, to save us from a much worse situation. In 2008, we went into a serious recession, in which, which very well could have developed into a full-blown depression had the Feds not reduced the rates. Our entire economy is run on debt. People take out loans to buy cars, they buy houses, to have work done in their homes, furnish um, furniture, gifts, gas, food, you name it. All of these goods and services purchased with borrowed money. When economic times are good, people spend freely. So let's look at an example. John and Sarah have been going on a vacation to Florida every year since 2002. In 2008, John's role at his work was reduced, and so was his income. They wanted to take an annual their annual vacation, and this year they couldn't afford it, so they'd need to put it on their credit card. The credit card interest rate at that at this time is 20%. So they're afraid if they put themselves in a more difficult financial situation, so they opt just to stay home. This translates to an empty hotel room, empty seats and multiple restaurants over the course of the week, empty taxi, airport, less gift shop purchases. You get the idea. So now multiply these empty seats by millions of America, Americans staying home. What happens to the restaurants, hotels, taxi drivers, etc.? So their income suffers. More people are laid off. Their hours get reduced. They're staying home, not spending money, and this is just multiplying. But there is a solution for this. It's been used throughout the history. And so let's fast forward to 2009. It's that time of the year again when John and Sarah take their vacation. Their financial picture has not changed. John is still has reduced role and his income has been reduced, but they want to go on vacation. This year, they're in the same position having to put it on their credit card, but the difference is the interest rate's only 8% instead of 20%. This lower rate makes the payment more affordable and they can be more confident that they can handle the expense, so they go ahead and take their vacation instead of skipping it this year. So the hotel room, the taxi, restaurant, gift shop, everything else has customers where they didn't have last year. Now we multiply this by millions of Americans and we see people that were laid off getting back to work um, and starting to take vacations again. This is just one of the thousand examples. The lowering of interest rates is a tool available to the Fed to artificially boost the economy when needed. We don't want to hurt the value of the dollar 
or our long-term investments anymore that's necessary. So now that the economy has recovered and things have stabilized, it doesn't make sense to continue hurting the value of the dollar and our retirement accounts with ultra-low rates. So the Fed fund rate increases on the short-term loans. So it doesn't always mean that mortgage rates are going to go up because it's a long-term loan. Mortgage are directly tied to the bond market, the Fannie Mae 30-year bond. So it's hard to predict what mortgage rates are going to do. If the Fed's plan to increase the Fed funds rate works and the stock market reacts positively, this will be bad for the bond market and mortgage rates will go up. On the other hand, if the Fed's plan does not work and consumer confidence goes down, investors are going to pull out of the stock market, go back into the security of the bond market, even though the returns are going to be less. At that time, mortgage rates are going to go down. So if you can take a look at what you think the consumer confidence is going to react to what the Fed is doing and what they plan on doing for the remainder of 2017, then you can predict what mortgage interest rates are going to do. That's my money chat for you today. Coming up next on The Money Hour, you can do it all. Manage your busy life and your business schedule. I have Tyler McKenzie, broker owner, Donald Scott with Real Estate West Seattle, right here at 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Go where you want, when you want. With a Banner Bank Connected checking account, you can use any ATM in the world for free. That's any ATM, anywhere. Think of it as your freedom to explore. Banner Bank. Let's create tomorrow together. Unlimited surcharge rebates from non-Banner-owned U.S. ATMs. Banner Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. There's the jingle bells again. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 17th show. I'm committed to providing you knowledge needed to be successful in every area regarding your financing. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call into the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's 1 855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. Right now in studio, very excited to have a conversation with Tyler McKenzie, broker owner, John L. Scott, Real Estate West Seattle. Tyler, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Tina, it is a delight as always to be back. And excited to traditional conversation with you is about real estate because that's what you do um, in, in profession, but also you do a lot of mentoring and coaching. And in that, it's really helping people have a better quality quality of life. And this show is all about a better quality of life. And so I'm excited for the topic of uh, conversation today, which is um, going to be around how to do that. So a little bit about Tyler before I get started here uh, with my conversation with him. Tyler's track record. Credential and community services are designated broker owner, John L. Scott Real Estate West Seattle, certified international property specialist, credited buyer representative, certified negotiation expert, and John L. Scott certified marketing specialist. Tyler has 15 years in the industry and has been a top producer earning John L. Scott's President Gold and President Elite 
Ward several years running. He's a licensed instructor, immediate past president for Seattle King County Realtors, chair of the Global Real Estate Council, vice president of membership of Washington Realtors 2017, National Association of Realtors director of board of directors in 2016-2017, member of certified international property specialist advisory board 2016-2017, National Association of Realtors Graduate and Leadership Academy, 2016 Realtor of the Year, Seattle King County Realtors, 2013 Realtor Achievement Award for Seattle King County Realtors, and 2012 and 2014 Washington Association Mortgage Professional Nominee for Realtor of the Year. Wow. That bio is so much fun, Tyler. In your 15 years in the industry, you have accomplished so much. And that's why I'm excited about this conversation, because when you want to have a better quality of life, when you want to have a successful business, successful family, and be happy doing it, it's the successful people that are the elite in the industry. And just really proud to have you here again. Tyler, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tina. And as I listen to you introduce me, I'm feeling pretty awesome about myself right now. So Wonderful. <laughs> now, wait till how I start this out. So here's my question to you, Tyler, for my, for my listeners. So, Tyler, this past year, you have served as immediate past president for Seattle King County Realtors on the Washington Realtors Executive Committee and at the national level as NAR... National Association of Realtors director and one of the 18 agents nationwide out of a 1.2 million to participate in its leadership academy while busy doing thing doing thing all kinds of things you also purchased your John Scott franchise by the by the way congratulations on that thank you um, and you're managing it have moved into a new location overseeing substantial tenant improvements beautiful office all while also maintaining your status as a top producer with John Scott brand how do you do it all well let me qualify this conversation by telling uh, my own quick story at about 11.55, my calendar alert went off saying that I needed to be on this show, and I about had a heart attack thinking that I needed to be in Bellevue at 12. So um, <laughs> fortunately, I realized that you I, were here I, on time. I was here on time because I had pre-blocked out time in anticipation of needing to get here, and I had forgotten that I had done that. Uh-huh. So uh, really, I tell that story because for me, and I think for most people, it's about being organized. Mm -hmm. And um, quite frankly, my short-term memory loss uh, is such that if I don't write it down or I don't put Mm -hmm. it into a calendar, I'm going to forget about it. Yes. And uh, that really just simplifies my life. And, you know, also on that, Tyler, I love that example because it's also realizing that things are going to happen. You know, no matter how well your life is organized, how successful you are, how happy your life is, tragedy is going to happen. You're going to do things wrong. Mistakes are going to come up. So really taking the balance of life and and learning how to fail um, is important. So on any given day, Tyler, what are the top three things that you personally focus on? Well, uh, we'll start with getting out of bed because that's huge. That's a good thing. Um, I really focus on on staying organized. I review my day either the night before or at the beginning of the day to make sure that I'm top of all. I am on top of all of my uh, meetings and obligations. Uh, I must have missed that meeting with myself this morning. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, to answer your question a little differently, I would say that uh, what this really boils down to for me is being committed. Mm-hmm. and focused. Uh, I lost, actually, you know, you mentioned tragedy. I lost my father last year um, right before we embarked on the adventure of purchasing this wow. this office. 
And I could not have predicted in the midst of that tragedy that all of these wonderful things would happen Mm -hmm. and that I would have to time manage and stay focused regardless of how life was was affecting me. Um, And that really just comes from laser focus. I I don't really know how else to put it. It's uh, I'm not perfect. Uh, By any stretch of the imagination, I typically commit to what I feel I can stay committed to, Mm -hmm. uh, which seems like I'm committed to a lot. But at the end of the day, it sounds far worse than uh, it really is. (laughs) And um, yeah, it's uh, I think in our profession, certainly if you're going to embark on a real estate career, uh, it's important to dispel the notions that this is about wearing your bunny slippers and... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, tooling about the house until two o'clock in the afternoon. I have a business to run. Yep. Whether it's as a selling broker, managing my own client base, or running a, a team of brokers as I do at the office. Yes. And uh, I can't think of any CEO for a major or small company out there who isn't working 50, 60, 70 hours a week yep. because they've made that commitment to... Um, a lifestyle. Exactly. And for me, I'm committed to this lifestyle. We take very nice vacations, and when we're not on vacation, mm-hmm. we work hard. Yeah. Well, and I like starting out the day and, and just getting up, you know, getting up, getting up on time, having a, a plan when you get up and being excited to get out of bed. I think exactly. that's the start to having a successful day. So, Tyler, how important is it to be responsive? Oh, I think responsiveness is certainly in our profession the most important mm-hmm. um, anchor, if you will. To my business, I'll you know my wife will oftentimes, frankly, complain about the fact that I have my phone in my hand. But my phone is my office, is my life. Yes. And I can't tell you how many times I've picked up a piece of business because I've had my phone by my side and I've responded to an inquiry immediately, mm-hmm. and I've been the first person to do so. And yeah. I also can't tell you how many times I've heard clients say, "This other person didn't respond to me in 48 hours." Mm-hmm. I just find that and I yeah. can't understand how anybody would run their business like that. Yeah, and I, I totally agree, uh, Tyler. At the same time, um, understanding that you're not going to be able to respond immediately to everything, but having a sense of urgency um, when that comes up. And so, Tyler, what tools do you use to manage your day-to-day business? Uh, you mean in terms of actual uh Product production tools. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, so production tools. I generally speaking, I'm an Android user, and so uh, all of my tools are Google based, um, either it. either Drive or mm-hmm. Docs or Gmail. This way, I have access to all of my files uh, immediately, uh, regardless of where I am. I could yes. be on the other side of the planet mm-hmm. and uh, still be able to to set up a purchase and sale or answer a broker's questions. So. Uh, for me, geography is not as important as responsiveness. Yes. And it's funny because I, to see so many people uh, in the industry that are not embracing technology and taking advantage of the constant change mm-hmm. because technology has so many amazing things that just keep coming up. So, Tyler, let's talk just a little bit about your downtime. How's that look for you? That's that's great. And I actually want to qualify that by by saying that while I am highly responsive, I do not respond to everything. Yes. And I think in order to have quality downtime, you need to be able to live in those quadrants where, although it might be important, it doesn't require an immediate reaction. Yep. Um, if it is not important and not urgent, then it's not going to get my attention anytime uh-huh. soon. Uh-huh. Um, in terms of downtime, I... I, uh, I've always sort of lived my day um, 
as if I'm taking small vacations. Love so for that. instance, if I know that I'm going to be meeting with clients at night mm -hmm. or I have something where I know that there's a break in the day, I'll, you know, I'll go for a walk, I'll go yeah. to the store, I'll buy myself a nice shirt, I'll do something that is rewarding of the activity, mm -hmm. um, doesn't cost me a lot of time or money, and uh, it feels like I'm doing something nice for myself. Yeah. And I think that's really important because it's unrealistic for me to say, even when I plan for a weekend off or I plan for a day off, that somehow my business is not going to intervene in some fashion in that day. And, yes. and I, again, I accept that. That's This is the career that I've chosen for myself. So rather than trying to bookend my day and be unreachable, um, I just decide how to manage my time so that it suits my schedule. And the other mm -hmm. thing I would say is that I set expectations with my clients. Um, and I think that's usually important. If you are at their beck and call, yes. then you are their servant. And yes. that's just not how I choose to live my life. I like being of service to rather mm -hmm. than in service to um, my clients or any other people in my life. Makes, so, makes total sense. Yeah, I, I put a stake in the ground. And I'd like to see, I, I like to say part of your little vacation today is coming into studio and, and visiting uh, the other guests and myself. You know what, on this cold <laughs> December day, I see only <laughs> sunshine, Tina. Awesome. So Tyler, let's talk about uh, rewarding. Um, how it's important for us all not to just reward others, but to reward ourselves as well. So what do you do to give yourself a pat on the back and, and reward yourself? I actually touched on that a little earlier, and, and we were having a, a client relationship management meeting this this morning at the office, and um, I asked my fellow brokers this this very same question. For me, truly, if, if I have a, a million-dollar closing or a $200,000 closing, it doesn't matter. I'll go out and I'll, I'll go to Banana Republic and buy a shirt. Nice. Um, I really keep it simple. Mm -hmm. um, I I want really for, for nothing in my life. I'm very fortunate, um, so I don't need to be extravagant, but I do need to pay attention to my, my needs and you know what makes me feel good, and yeah. those are the things that make me feel good. So I keep it simple. Love it. Uh, nice bottle of wine, time with my wife, mm -hmm. our dogs, my daughter, um, whatever is going to feel like a, an, a, a reward. But sure. uh, generally speaking, I'll, I'll go out and buy myself a, a piece of clothing because that's... Yeah. I like to do. Well, that's great to have something that you, that reward that mm -hmm. every time you have a success, you're, yeah. you're giving yourself the reward. I love that. And, um, you know, all of us, I think of a key thing in success is being able to recognize areas that we need improvement. So if, if there were something that right now you could be doing better, Tyler, what would that be? I think I need to take on more responsibility. I love, <laughs> I love that. I don't know how much more I can fit in the bio here. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I don't think you ever stop improving. And I, yes. I don't have a pat answer for that. I think probably the most important thing is to remain open to the possibility that there are things that can be improved upon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we are all students. I don't think, and, you know, we're teachers as well, but we never stop learning. There, uh, I was a martial artist for many years. And one of the things that our grandmaster uh explains and he wore a, a white belt that actually was a black belt that he had worn for so long that it had turned white mm -hmm. and the the moral in the telling of that wow. story is that there's you you get to a point in your life where you have so much knowledge that you really realize that you're a student and you will yeah. never stop learning love that so tyler um what was the reason your why behind taking on all these these challenges why did you decide to do that uh, you never stop growing, Tina. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think in order for me to be better at what I do and to serve my clients and my brokers um, more effectively, 
uh, I have to continue learning. And mm-hmm. I also find that the more I give back to my profession, yeah. uh, the more it gives to me in terms of expertise and knowledge, um, a great uh, referral base. Um, you know, it's uh, it's been very kind to me, and so mm-hmm. I like to be kind to it. And uh, as I said, it just it, it gives me a lot of information, which in turn helps me engage my clients at a level that I think most of my competitors are not able to yeah. because they frankly just haven't taken the time to expose themselves to the additional sort of higher level 35,000 feet thinking yes. that I get to enjoy. So, Tyler, I got less than a minute, but I have to ask you this um, question. What are your thoughts on work-life balance? Um, boy. Uh, <laughs> I know, less than 60 seconds. Less that's than a 60 hard seconds. one. I th- you know, I think that's an amorphous thing, and um, I, I don't actually believe in the notion of work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you work. I think you live. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. And um, there are times to go all in and commit wholeheartedly to your work, and then there are times to step back and go all in and commit wholeheartedly to your life. Uh, to your personal life, and um, sometimes, you know, the scales are going to be weighted in one direction or another. I love it. We think so much alike. I talk about that life seasons. Mm -hmm. We're either in a working season, play season, or love season. There's many different seasons. Tyler, thank you so much for uh, joining me, and thank you for the the great conversation. Thank you, Tina. Always a pleasure. Coming up next on the Money Hour, year-end tax planning. Greg Nunn with Gregory S. Nunn and Company right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. I was waiting for those jingle bells. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 17th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can talk with the guests that I have in studio by calling the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, my favorite CPA, my personal CPA, Greg Nunn with Greg S. Nunn and Company. We're going to be talking about year-end taxing, uh, year-end tax planning. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for uh, coming back in studio. Thank you, Tina, for having me back. And a little bit about Greg. Gregory Nunn is founder and principal of Nunn Better Tax Resolution in Redmond, Washington, the first firm tax resolution, resolution specialist in Washington State. His passion is helping people that find themselves in a predicament with the IRS due to failing tax, filing tax returns and or not paying what the IRS claims to owe them. 
he does people that don't have that issue as well. I want to disclose that because he is my CPA. I've never had a tax issue. He represents these troubled taxpayers vigorously before the IRS. His practice also provides tax preparation and tax planning for individuals and business. Gregory is a licensed CPA in the state of Washington and has been in the industry for 30 years. He is a member of the American Society of Tax Problem Solver, the premier association of professionals helping troubled taxpayers. He has received the top practitioner award from the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers, and he's a certified tax resolution specialist. Greg's published his book, Solve Your Tax Problems Now. So, Greg, it's a good time to talk about uh, what's coming up for the year, how to uh, prepare, and uh, things that are really important to know as we're wrapping up this year and starting our new year in 2017. So what are the basic year-end tax planning Advice. The, the basic year-end tax planning advice, it depends on where you're sitting at at the end of the tax year. You either mm-hmm. want to increase or decrease your deductions or increase or decrease your income, all based upon tax timing of whether you want to try to get that stuff into 2016 or in 2017. And you hear all that jingle that was going on? That yes. Keeping that money kind of sounds in, like money. Yeah, keeping <laughs> money in your pocket. That's key. Love it. So what tax breaks are scheduled to expire at the end of 2016? Well, there are several, but the three that I think... And which ones really are going to expire? Yeah, these are the three that I think are the most important and pertinent um, to your listeners and and to most people. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is the discharge of indebtedness on a principal residence. Because of the thing that we went through in the real estate bust, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were upside down in their mortgages, that... When they sold their home, they had debt forgiveness. And ordinarily, believe it or not, that debt forgiveness is included in a person's taxable income. Which was surprising how many people actually did not know that. Exactly. It It can be a gotcha. It's a gotcha. And so they provided this relief for all of these people saying, hey, if you sell your principal residence, you get debt forgiveness, then that's going to be excludable in your income. Mm -hmm. However, that nice little perk is going away. And at the end of this year, so uh, starting in 2017, uh, that will not be available unless Congress is there. And I'm surprised that they've extended it for so long. You know, I am too, because I would think, at least I know in our market, most most people are now above water. Yes. Um, So that's that's good. Mm -hmm. The other related to that is the mortgage insurance premiums. Yeah. Uh, a lot of taxpayers or homeowners have that mm-hmm. that's been deductible and yeah. that's going away. So 2016 will be the last time that's, that's available. And so, yeah, that's helped a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. those that 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 really um, could you utilize that deduction. Yeah, and I really I thought, I mean, that's in, you know, stimulating. I, I really thought that was just kind of going to be grandfathered in and hanging out, but right. um, obviously not. And, and, yeah, who knows what might come up in sure. our infinite wisdom of Congress. The other is uh, for those 65 and older, there's a limitation on medical deductions. Mm -hmm. You can only deduct the amount of medical deductions that are above 7.5% of your adjusted gross income for 65 and older. If you're under 65, that level's 10% or higher. That's going to expire, so everybody is going to be 10% or higher. Wow. So if you have medical things going on, you're 65 or older, I'd really recommend you get those things done during 2016 so you can take advantage of getting those deducted. So great advice and, and a great way for people to save some money, Be you know, thinking about what's coming up. Now, what about some of the, the breaks, the tax breaks that are going to stay around? The biggest one that I think impacts us in the state of Washington is the sales tax deduction. Mm -hmm. Those have been made permanent. That is, 
whichever is higher of a deduction for you, sales tax or income tax, mm -hmm. Washington not having an income tax, therefore we're all really concerned about the sales tax. Now, as I understand things in Seattle, that sales tax is really going to get higher um, based upon uh, what regional transit or something like that. I don't know. Um, but having said that, a lot of people just use the tables when they want to figure out their sales tax deduction. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The actual, for most of us, is going to be much higher. So you'll get a much better deduction if you look at your actual. And you can kind of estimate that, but don't tell anyone I said that. <laughs> it's only on radio now, Greg. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, you got to have that paperwork because the IRS will ask for it if you're audited. <laughs> so uh, anything else uh, continuing? Uh, just wanted? the ordinary stuff. I just yep. wanted to bring really attention to that because okay. that's one that every year. Hey, are we going to get the sales tax deduction? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, we are. So, Greg, for my listeners that own uh, stocks, what are some strategies that they should be considering this tax season? It's it's really getting together with their financial advisor and mm -hmm. look at where you're at so far for 2016. Are you sitting in a net gain position or a net loss position? And depending upon which one you're in, you may want to look at, you know, selling some losers to offset some of the gains that you have or selling some gains to offset some of the losers. And that's just a great thing to do to kind of match up those gains and losses. Got it. And of course, long-term capital gains are much better than short-term because they have a better tax advantage. Yes, yes. Okay. So what are some traditional IRA or Roth IRA strategies that you can share, Greg? Yeah, this is interesting, is, a, is the conversion to a Roth IRA. A lot of people are, are moving toward that, mm -hmm. and that is a tax timing thing for sure. And that is you might have a year where your income's much lower, so you're going, okay, I want to move some of my traditional IRA into a Roth IRA and pay the tax on that because I'm in a lower tax bracket. There's another thing that can be done, but with the rally in the stock market since the presidential election, probably isn't as apropos, and that is some people may have converted their Roth or their regular IRA to a Roth at the beginning of the year, okay. and the value might have been higher mm -hmm. than it is now. Mm. You have the opportunity to reverse that if you need to, so you can reverse it and not have to pay that higher tax. Okay. Yeah. So, Greg, it is a holiday season, end of the year. Bonuses are starting to come out for a lot of employees. What What would you say? What do they need to do with year-end yeah, bonuses? Yeah, this is, you know, if you have the big ability. Big chunks of money coming yeah, in. If you got big chunks of money coming in and you have the capacity to negotiate with your employer when you get that bonus, whether you get it in December of 2016 or January of 2017, mm -hmm. Take a look at which tax year you think might be more beneficial for you from Makes a tax sense. perspective. Yeah. Um, a question that I am getting now, you know, hey, put on your crystal ball or look at your crystal ball, Greg, what's going to happen to the tax code with the new administration? The answer is it will change. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. And my guess is that in 2016, we might see some relief in the tax rates. And so therefore, you may want to think about uh, taking the gamble of putting that income into 2017. Okay. Um, accelerating some deductions. Yes, this is this is a good one, but only for the prudent financial person. Okay, so you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Mm -hmm. You can accelerate. So that's why we have you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> That was who said that. Accelerating deductions, yeah. Greg. Yeah, accelerating deductions. I'll get back on track here. Kind of bouncing <laughs> around in my brain. Anyway, you can put a deduction on your credit card and then not pay for it until next year. Interesting. So say you want to do some charitable contributions, put it on your credit card. Huh. And then you can deduct those charitable contributions, but 
do not put yourself in a position where now you're maxing out your cars and you can't pay them back. That, that's um, not real wise. So, Greg, I have a Greg. I have a flexible spending account uh, with my employer, right. known as an FSA. Mm-hmm. I don't, but let's say one of my listeners does. Sure. So, first, what and how is this a tax benefit? It is a fantastic tax benefit if you have one of those with your employer. Mm-hmm. You can put up to two thousand dollars in your flexible spending account that can be utilized for medical expenses that you experience out of pocket that aren't paid for by insurance. Yes. So that is really a great feature, which by the way, it used to be 4,000, but Obamacare made it 2,000. And it provides that ability to set aside some of your income so it won't be federally taxed, and then you can spend it on what you might have as far as out-of-pocket medical. Caution, whatever you put into that flexible spending account ordinarily will expire if you still have money sitting in that at the end of the tax yeah, year. Yeah, so you gotta really strategize, so you gotta that really, could be you gotta really monitor it. Yeah. But they're a great little benefit. Fantastic so, benefit. Also great. They have um, health savings account. Can you talk about the benefit with those? Oh, they're, they're really great, too. If you have a high deductible medical plan mm-hmm. and you're able to put money aside into a health savings account, oh, boy, that's a, just a great way to go. They're, they're like an IRA, really, and that is you can put money aside and leave it there and have it grow, or you can pull that money out if you need to utilize it for qualified medical expenses. And they are a really, really nice tool. There's a, in addition, there's what's called a health reimbursement arrangement. Okay. All these things. Can you believe all this stuff? It's, it's crazy. The tax code's too complicated. But a health reimbursement arrangement is a situation where a small employer might have a plan whereby they will reimburse you up to a maximum amount of, uh, I think it's 4950 4950 individual, mm-hmm. 10,000 family, that they will have as a benefit. These plans at one time were totally wiped out because Obamacare and the way that the IRS interpreted the law said that these were no longer valid arrangements. Congress just passed and the president just signed on December 13th a provision whereby these will be considered to be okay. So again, you might have an employer that used to have these plans. Mm -hmm. Hey, talk to your boss and say, hey, we can do these again. Or if your employers never had them, Hey, just just start talking to to the you know powers to be and just float the idea. Now I know, unfortunately, a lot of employers aren't open to new ideas. But hey, if yours is, go for it. There you go. So, Greg, in, in wrapping up the show and in preparation for the year, um, there's most likely somebody out there listening to the show that does um, have a situation to where they know that they are going to owe money, right. more money than they have. Can yes. you can you please extend out? Uh, a call to action and what they really, really need to do. You know, uh, this happens time and time again. Sometimes it's by surprise, and we, or sometimes we know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The key thing is that if you think you're going to owe and you don't have the money to pay for it right now, mm-hmm. just get ready for it to pay it on April 15th. So pay it then and you'll be pretty good to go and if you still can't do well, it let's then let's just say that they can't pay it on April 15th uh, Greg there's no there's what do they need to not do that's the question I should be asking I know you. what I know what you're getting to thank you for leading me into you're that welcome. question I've had you in the show a couple times I know, I know what you tell people to do and, and the thing is if you owe any money yeah file, file your, tax your tax return returns. on April 15th 
do not mm-hmm. fail to file. Yeah, because it's just digging a bigger hole. It's digging and a bigger procrastination hole. and everything is is the wrong thing to yeah. do. So get your taxes filed. Give the show a call because Greg can definitely um, uh, help you strategize and get through this the best way possible. Greg, thank you. Thank you, Really Tina. appreciate it. You bet. Coming up next on The Money Are Real Estate in the Northwest right here in the Seattle area. We have Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logic Sotheby's International Real Realty right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, December 17th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to your rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 411150 or online at com. Discuss anything that you want regarding money. Get connected with my uh, guest in studio as well. Right now, I have Maya Butler and Rosemary West with Real Logic Sotheby's International Realty. First time, you guys, having a conversation with you here in studio. I'm very excited. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Tina. Thank you, Tina. And a little bit about uh, Maya and Rose, uh, Rosemary. I want to start with Maya. Maya is a dedicated residential real estate broker specializing in uniting special, in exceptional homes and extraordinary lives. Maya is a lifetime resident of the Seattle Bellevue area, represents best spoken properties in Seattle Bellevue, Medina, Clyde Hill, Kirkland, Hunts Point, Evergreen Point, uh, Anita, and Issaquah. She provides her clients with over 40 years of real estate sales and marketing experience. She prides herself on providing the high caliber of service and for making all of her transactions as effortless as possible for her clients, completed with integrity and with the utmost discretion. Maya specializes in presenting properties that are well-positioned and expert marketed and attractive and the highest value for her clients. She offers in-house staging and design consulting services and is focused on working with international clientele and successful business people who demand the utmost value and quality. Um, she is also highly regarded in negotiating Negotiation skills, business uh, acumen, work ethics, wealth of local knowledge and experience in negotiating complex real estate transactions for clients, whether selling or purchasing properties. On a personal note, Maya is an active supporter of various um, social and business memberships and communities with the Bellevue Club, Seattle Art Museum, and the ASPCA. And a little bit about Rosemary. Rosemary is a longtime resident of Medina, Washington, 
uh, fortunate to have practiced real estate in evolving and growing Bellevue, Seattle area. Is a professional real estate broker since 1996. She brings over 20 years of experience and proven track record in the industry. She attributes her success to her extensive marketing and sales experience, advertising, and public relations that have formed the foundation of her large local network, thriving on repeat referral business throughout the years. Rosemary knows how to locate, negotiate an ideal property for her clients and truly loves the entire real estate experience and process, whether it means assisting incredible people on the task of finding their next home or helping an investor find the perfect income producing property. She is known for her detail, efficient and tireless work ethic and deep care for her clients and their experience. She has much gratitude and appreciation for all the people she worked with, both past and present. Uh, Rosemary is thrilled to align herself with award-winning marketing and global network real Real Logic Sotheby International Realty. Sotheby encompasses real estate as well as the auction platform for precious art, jewelry, antiques, and precious collaborals, which is all of a passionate for Rosemary. And just excited to have you guys here together. You guys partner in business, and um, it's always nice to see girl power. Um, and you can accomplish a lot when you work together as a team. So I'm excited to have both of you again. Thanks for joining me. Thanks Thank so you. much. So let's start out with how did, how did you um, in the in the new presidential and everything that's happened with um, our new president coming up in 2017? What do you guys think that's going to do and how how it's going to affect our real estate market? You know, um, I'm really not looking for the presidential election to make any local predictions here. Instead of the presidential election, I think we have better predictors for our local market which I look at the leasing of professional office space in the Puget Sound region. And I also look at the building permits being issued in Kings, Snohomish, and Pierce counties. Um, GeekWire attributes impressive growth due to the tech boom in the area. We've got the giants, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. But there are now over 40, well, over 80 other tech firms that are vying for office space in the Puget Sound region. So it's jumping around here. Yeah. And Rosemary, what about you? Well, I believe that, if anything, it's going to create more construction and lending activity Mm -hmm. due to the possible deregulations. We have an extremely successful real estate developer in the White House that understands real estate and business growth. Extremely favorable for construction and investment relating to commercial and residential real estate Our local real estate market activity is fueled by growth, of course, as Maya mentioned. Yes. The tech industry and the biotech industry, which continues to flow into our area. Our foreign buyers fueling our area also has contributed quite intensely, which Maya will go into the figures of that with the Vancouver, British Columbia new regulations that they have put upon their homeowners Mm -hmm. in that market to slow down the growth. There's a natural flow of reinvestment of assets into our market from other foreign markets. We are still considered an affordable metropolitan city, great job opportunities and strong import-export business that help contribute. Our pollution index is low. We have clean air while other areas in the, in the world do not. Those are factors that are contributing to Puget Sound growth. Prices will continue to see a steady year-over-year gain according to many economists and they're predicting continued growth into the year 2040. So, Maya, for you in 2017, when we talk about inventory and prices in the real estate market, our local market here, what do you see? 
Well, you know, we're going to see a lot of changes in the local market. Um, look at all the tall cranes as a drive around. Yes. Bothell, Renton, Seattle, Bellevue areas. They're everywhere. Um, you know, property is appreciating and rents are going to continue to go mm-hmm. up in the local area. So, Maya, what about the um, contributing to the growth in the market intensity that we're having? Well, there's one major factor was last year uh, British Columbia closed down their EB-5 investment program Uh for visas, EB-5 visas to come into Canada. Okay. And literally the day after they closed down their EB-5 program, um, the... Our Washington system had over 60,000 applications for EB-5 visas in one day. So uh, that's one major factor is the EB-5 money Mm -hmm. coming into here. Another is that Vancouver, British Columbia enacted a 15% tax on all foreign home buyers, as well as enacting penalties for homes that are vacant. So more Asian buyers are flocking to the Seattle-Bellevue area now because of those two things. Okay, and um, Rosemary, for you, anything else that you um, can think of as far as the intensity that we're seeing here in our market today? Yes, of course, low inventory is, of course, an issue. Mm -hmm. We have lack of construction. Uh, There is not enough. Most of the, if you look into the Bellevue, Seattle, Kirkland areas, a lot of the new construction is actually apartments. They're not condominiums. They're not homes. Mm -hmm. And we are, that is contributing to the price increases of what inventory is there. We're still seeing a very heated market where there's multiple offers on properties within the drivability of, when the a comfortable commute to downtown Bellevue, yes. downtown Seattle, Redmond's, it is a very strong market for sellers at this point. So uh, let's switch a little bit off about what's going on, on in the market right now and talk about uh, dual agency is what the industry calls it. Is it a good idea to use the listing agent that's representing the seller to help you buy a home? Well, I personally would highly discourage the practice, and I know the brokerage that Rosemary and I work for, they will not allow it in Mm -hmm. our brokerage. Um, For me, as a licensed broker in this state, I think it's, I'm setting myself up if I did do that for a future lawsuit. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, I don't feel that I could represent my clients as I feel that I should if I handle dual agencies. Yeah, making sense. If you're representing the buyer and the seller at the same time, you might imagine there might be something that could get complicated there. So, um, Maya, what about investors considering to invest in our market right now versus waiting? Well, you know, for some investors, money is still really cheap right Mm -hmm. now. So, you know, I know a lot of investors that have the cash to go ahead and purchase investment properties, and but they don't want to use their own cash, so they're still borrowing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as on a whole, interest rates are going to climb slowly, and uh, the prices of properties are going to continue to increase I agree. in the market. Uh, Zillow reported recently that Seattle has one of the highest year-over-year 
rental appreciation rates rising 9.1% in the past year. And the current median rent for Seattle and Bellevue is $2,087 per month. So it's basically less expensive to own a comparable property Mm -hmm. right now than it is to rent it in this area. So what about the condo market? What do you see happening in the condo market uh, this coming year? Well, I see demand for condos rising along with single-family homes. Um, Condos are located more in the city centers, Mm -hmm. which a lot of the millennials are looking to purchase and want to be in the city centers, whether it's Seattle or Bellevue. Um, But there's a huge lack of availability um, with the current housing boom that basically started in 2011. Only 866 condominiums were added to the market, local market. And so few of those condominiums were actually available. 99% of those were built and sold by pre-sale. So people made reservations on them before the condominiums were even built. So it's going to be a tight market. So, you know, supply and demand. There's Mm -hmm. a huge demand for condos as well as single-family homes in the region. Yes, so also, Maya, with, I mean, th- this year, and I don't know what the stats are, um, uh, uh, but I, I know that there's been a lot of, we've had a lot of foreign investors coming in, and that's one of the challenges that we're having in the market. A lot of these foreign investors are coming in with cash and purchasing homes, so it's making it hard on a multiple offer scenario for people that are have they're getting loans. What do you see happening with that in 2017? Do you see f- more foreign investors coming in or? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, what's there's, the reason behind that? Well, there are several reasons behind that. Um, now, last month, a China asset management company bought the Dexter Horton building in downtown mm-hmm. Seattle for $124 million. There's a German company that bought an office, pl- uh, office complex that is going to be developed and leased out to Amazon. And that was purchased from Vulcan here in this area Mm -hmm. for $299 million. Another reason for the foreign investment is uh, Congress made in December, in their December budget, a deal to attract more investments by foreign pension funds. And this is the Real Estate Property Tax Act. Foreign pension funds are now exempt from having to pay taxes. So this is helping to fuel the frenzy in this area. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be another crazy year, uh, without a doubt. I'm I, I'm sure. Uh, minute to wrap things up, but Rosemary, I want to ask you a, a question here for all of my renters that are out there right now listening to the show. What advice do you have for them? I think this is a fabulous time to buy. Your interest rates, yes, they have climbed a little, but they still are low in comparison to past decades yes. of when we've had to uh, enter the market. When you're when you're renting and you're leasing, that money is going out the door. Yep. You're not getting any tax benefit for that at all. It's very important to build your wealth at a very young age. If we could start instilling those values in our young adults, mm-hmm. we would see the later years, much more comfortable for them. It is very important to look at home, not just as a shelter and a roof over your head, but an opportunity to grow your wealth. Yeah. And this is, a be, this is definitely a good opportunity than, than to be spending two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a month 
in rental or leasing a place to actually purchase a home that's comfortable within their range and income. Yeah, totally agree. Well said. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for coming in and joining me in studio. It was a pleasure. Look it was forward our to having pleasure. you back. Thanks thank you, so much. Tina. And that is the show. This is your host, mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. I will be here, same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW next Saturday. Have a great weekend. The preceding program was paid for by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 7233. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group. Contact your local branch for more information.